Hi everyone, I'm Kalila Runnels and welcome to another live edition of Taking Stock. We're bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. Also want to know, are you part of the Money Mission community yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to moneymission.mn.co or you can click the link in the description or the comments to join. Also reminding you to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and let me know in the chat where you are joining us from this evening. I want to know in the comments what part of Jamaica and what part of the world. We've got a great show lined up for you. So here's a look at what's coming up, followed by what's hot in business. And of course, come on, let's get this money. It's been a rough year for the Jamaica Stock Exchange. The exchange is one of the worst performing this year after being hailed as the best performing in 2019. And there's only been one IPO so far this year. How does the JC plan to turn things around? Managing Director of the Jamaica Stock Exchange, Dr. Marlene Street Forrest, joins us to discuss. And the analysts swing on the latest market developments. International credit rating agency SNP Global upgraded Jamaica's credit rating from a B plus to a BB minus. That's our best rating ever. What does this mean for Jamaica? We'll discuss. But first, here's what's hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Jamaica last week received its highest ever grade from credit rating agency SNP Global. The agency upgraded Jamaica's rating from a B plus to a BB minus with a stable economic outlook. It's also the best rating Jamaica has received since SNP Global began rating the country's debt in 1999. Finance Minister Dr. Nigel Clark said the improved rating gives the government the ability to negotiate better terms for financing, which will save Jamaicans more money in the long term. Prime Minister Andrew Holness says motorists will be able to use the Maypen to Williamsfield leg of Highway 2000 toll-free until the end of the year. The Prime Minister made the announcement during the official opening of the new stretch of highway. Motorists will begin paying toll fees on December 31, 2023. The toll fees for the highway, which will reduce travel time between Kingston and the western end of the island, have not yet been announced. Veteran businessman and insurance pioneer Dr. R. Danny Williams has died. He was 89 years old. According to a statement from Sajikor, Williams died on Saturday in Miami, Florida. He was the founder of Jamaica's first domestically owned life insurance company, Life of Jamaica, which is now Sajikor Life Jamaica. Williams also served as a cabinet minister during the 1970s. Sajikor Group CEO Christopher Zaka said Williams was deeply loved and respected by colleagues and leaves behind a tremendous legacy. Some 13,000 auto workers in the United States went on strike last week at three major plants after which negotiations failed. The workers are all members of the United Auto Workers Union and work with automakers General Motors, Ford and Stellantis. According to union leaders, they began negotiations two months ago, but the companies stalled until two weeks, just days before workers' contracts were set to expire. The union is requesting a 40% pay increase over four years along with better benefits. In the meantime, General Motors and Ford have announced temporary layoffs because of supply shortages caused by the strikes. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart.
I see you waiting for me. You're in my reach, but I have to have a little extra push to get close to you. Are you flirting with me? You want me to come get you, but you won't fall into my lap. You want me to show you that I want you. You want me to be responsible and proactive. Okay, you. I'm coming. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. Welcome back. Welcome back. First, let me shout out those of you who have joined us early this evening. So starting with Kish, who's always tuning in live from London, and he's curious to hear what Mrs. Street Forest has to say about the performance of the JSC. We got Canada in the building. We got Portmore in the building. Navarda is here. Cash Wayne's looking forward to the discussion. Earl says, I have to reach school early. Is this school? Is this what you're referring to as school? Because, yes, you will learn a lot this evening. we got Portmore in the building. Uh, greetings from Kingston 19. Kingston checking in. Spanish Town checking in. School bell ring. Yes. Ting-a-ling-a-ling. School bell ring. So we are looking forward to that discussion with Mrs. Street Forest. She was backstage just now, and she's having some difficulty with her you know, connection, her device connection. So we lost her. So what we're going to do is flip the show around this evening and start with our analyst segment. And there's a lot of things to discuss in the news this week. So let me introduce our panel. I'm joined by Clive Charlton, equity trader at JMMB and financial blogger Jillian Jackson. Welcome, Clive and Jillian. Hi, good evening. Uh, evening. Thanks for having Great me again. Great to see you guys. Yes, Great to see here. you. Great to be here. So we have a couple of scheduled topics, but we also have a couple of unscheduled things. So today, Clive, and you watch the market, you're an equities trader. Today was the first day of trading for 1GS, which is the first IPO of the year. It ended the day at $1.14, so not as strong as we have become accustomed to seeing. We typically, in the past few years, have been seeing you know, day one trading would max out at the 130, which is the limit. So what do you make of 1GS's first day performance? I think it did fairly well. Um, <clears throat> I think it did fairly well. Uh, the volume that traded probably about 14, 15 million units. It is way below what we're used to the average, you know, for the typical, uh, you know, high intensity, uh, uh, you know, IPO. However, there are some things that has overshadowed that. And really the macroeconomic environment still has a big impact on people's behavior. Uh, the sh shortness of liquidity, you know, our, our, our liquidity crisis, it affects individual investors to so have less uh, available investable fund. That's one. Two, the analysis done by several brokers was favorable, but um, I think a little bit muted. The, the valuation range between probably a dollar eight cents to probably as high as a dollar twenty-one cents. So that also would have impacted uh, the activity in the marketplace. And I think even though the IPO was highly successful, it was well oversubscribed. There was not a lot of fanfare and talk about it. Um, in the media space, especially surrounding post um, uh, allotment uh, leading into its first day of trading. So those would have impacted it. But largely, firstly, I think that the, 
the investing public just did not have that much investable fund. And I think there's also a point to be made about interests because this is a company that not many people knew of or ever even heard of before this IPO. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, well, it provides diversification. Which I welcome diversification. It's good. It's good for the portfolio. Right? It's good for your long-term planning. And as I said, one, one cocoa, fools basket, or don't put the eggs in, all, in one basket. This is a brand new entity. The closest to it, I believe, uh, is perhaps lab. Not so much. That is very, very high tech. One G G S. Uh, mm -hmm. Lab is more a total, uh, you know, media entity. Right. So they're slight, they're differentiated somewhat, but I think is the closest to it. And Lab is a much larger company also, right? That has engagement with various entities throughout the marketplace. So they were fairly known, but it provides diversification, which is important, and every portfolio needs that. Another bit of news coming out today, Jillian, regards SSL. So SSL, one, there was an announcement by the finance minister that those uh, clients of SSL will now be able to transfer their, what is it, their portfolios, I suppose, to other companies. And then two, uh, on the government side, saying that the government will no longer have to be paying for SSL's operating expenses because they got some insurance payout. Do you think that both of these things or either of these things will impact investor confidence? So the SSL situation is one that many have been watching very closely. And it has, I think, taken have an, had an effect on persons and their confidence in investing in these brokerage firms to some extent. And maybe that even impacted what happened, as you mentioned earlier, with the IPO, maybe. But what I can say is that uh, there's always room for persons to get back in their investment spirits. You know, this is just one IPO for the year. And this is one brokerage house out of all of the others who are still performing well. I know persons are interested in hearing from Mrs. Street Forest on, on what their, her take is on investor confidence as well. So it may have impacted, it, uh, impacted investor confidence, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, let's look at some of our scheduled topics for this evening. And yes, I'm looking forward to Mrs. Street Forest later on. And I see she just popped in backstage and the device seems to be working now. So we can expect a robust conversation with her in a few, maybe in about 15 minutes or so. But first, let's look at the local market. So Clive Scotia Group continued to witness strong results delivering solid profit outturns and even commendable segment performances up yes. to the end of its nine-month period in July. What led to this growth for Scotia Group? You know, interestingly, long before there was COVID, long before this, uh, you know, the international global situation, the commodities issue that resulted in, uh, you know, the, the interest rate, the new global interest rate regime, Long before that, Scotia had begun some restructuring, strategic long-term restructuring and reorganization, you know, and they began consolidation, they began cost-cutting, uh, they began looking uh, at, you know, the, their long-term objective and what products they offer, what services they offer. So they began streamlining uh, efficiencies, all that long before that. So I think they were in a position, their balance sheet especially was in a position to kind of absorb some of the blow of this new high interest rate um, you know, raising of interest rate, the policy rate. Uh, so they were in a particular position. Also, uh, I think we have heard financial companies talk about uh, retooling in the sense of the application of technology. I, I won't say they're one of the first, but they have been very verbal. And, um, you know, 
I would say on time in delivering some really very creative, uh, you know, access to their client base through technology. And that again has helped them to reduce their costs, but also to re-engage their client base, right? For example, I'm one of their clients and I can tell you some of the tools that they now have and I can use easily to access and do business is just great. I think I'm doing a little bit more activity now than I was perhaps a year and a half or so ago. So that in terms of its total structure, it has done a lot to improve. Now, of course, we know that also Scotia is fundamental this good. We have seen uh, their loan book. We have seen mortgage insurance doing well. We know that they sold some entities, right? So they have really, uh, you know, expanded their cash balance through those activities. But also Scotia has continued to pay dividends. The market is, mm. I, I think, the, the psychology, th there's a shadow over the whole economy, especially the financial institution, listed financial entities, and that is the high interest rate regime that we're experiencing now. Um, and I think that is impacting the performance of every financial company we know, including Ascotia, that fundamentally, I think, is one of the strongest financial companies, listed financial entities now. Oh, and consistently paying dividends, consistently rewarding the shareholder. Uh, albeit, they paid a little less earlier this year, but they are paying much more now. Not certainly not what they were paying three, four years ago, right? But they are consistent in paying dividends. And because the price is low, the yield is significantly higher, perhaps more than twice it was three, four years ago. Right? Oh. So, yes, so the, the, the stock really is very favorable, but... Um, it is impacted by the overall performance of the market. You know, that cycle that the market is enduring right now uh, impacts every single security, including good stocks. You know, uh, an economist, Samuelson, once said on the reverse side that, you know, in times of when economies are doing well and the market is doing well, even poor stocks will seeming will do well, you know, and every reckless fool can look like a good financier. Well, the reverse mm -hmm. is true, that the good companies, the strong companies, well thought or good strategy going forward that have leaned up their, their financial statements, right, has good cash flow, uh, will not perform as well, you know, in a market, in a down market. And I think that That's is impacting Scotia. Yeah. But That's however, true. the recommendation mm -hmm. is, is prices are as cheap as they will perhaps probably be uh, in the next five, six years. They say that these cycles, international cycles occur probably about every 10 years. Hmm? Maybe you might have some local domestic cycle crisis also. However, if you look at the last several years, we have had 2008. Um, I'm not sure I've had a big global cycle until, of course, COVID, right? But use that as an example. Prices are very cheap now. Results are, even quite a few financial companies are, are good, fair to good. So I don't think you will get prices at this level in perhaps the next five, six years. So we encourage oh. everyone to begin to buy. You know, incrementally. So we're Warren Buffett's there. We're Warren Buffett's there. Be greedy when others are fearful. Exactly. And fearful when others are greedy. Exactly. Now yes. is a time when most people are fearful. So, uh, you know, interestingly, in our meeting, we have a little Monday morning meeting with our, uh, you know, team. And I said, look here, when the Chris Brown thing was going, you cannot go to one of these microfinancial agencies and borrow the 1.5 million and buy stocks. They don't, they won't know if you got the Chris Bones. <laughs> sure or not. <laughs> right? Uh. <Yes. laughs> right? So, but prices are very cheap now. Uh, well, I mean, if you were, if you were to do that, at least there is some collateral 
because you can yeah. use the stocks as collateral. You can't yeah. use the experience it's of Chris really... Brown as collateral if you borrow exactly. the money for that purpose. Exactly. And if you think long term, just looking at the performance of the market in the past, if you think long term, remember our economy, the, the structural part of our economy is fairly stable. The fiscal part, that is right. Um, so once interest rates start trending downward, especially the financial entities, we expect a quick and strong recovery. So, but the horizon should still be long term. That is within, we think, three, five years' time, right? Um, you should get back a generous return far in excess of whatever interest you perhaps would have been paying on that, you know, supposedly 1.5 million Chris Brown show money, right? So, put the money in investment, sacrifice. Okay. So let's look at the, the macro economy now. And this is where Jillian comes in. Jamaica has received its best credit rating ever. We're now at double B minus. This is from Standard & Poor's up from B plus internationally. And for those of you who are wondering, how is B minus better than B plus? It's a double B minus. So they have a Standard & Poor's has this rating system that goes from D all the way to triple A plus. So in the B range now, you start at B minus, B, B plus. Then you go double B minus, double B, double B plus. Then you go triple B minus, triple B, triple B plus. Then you get into the A range. So double B minus is better than B plus. This is our best international credit rating ever since Standard & Poor's started rating us in 1999. Jillian, what will this do for our outlook? And how did the government even achieve this? So the government actually, I'll answer your second question first. The government achieved this through prudent fiscal responsibility. I will, I'll give you a scenario or an analogy if you're looking at it in comparison to your personal finances. So for me, maybe a few years ago or somebody that you know, maybe a few years ago, they got into some financial trouble. They spent more than they earned. They weren't able to pay their bills in time. And this affected their personal credit score, to give you a, a scenario that is sim similar to what we're discussing now. So their personal credit score was terrible. Nobody wanted to lend to them. Whenever they were borrowing money, they were borrowing at a high rate. And the terms and the, in the attractiveness of people who wanted to lend to you, you weren't very attractive as a, a borrower because you have a history of paying your credits poorly or having a terrible history of repaying your debts. So just like a person, a person with a personal credit score, the country Jamaica has a credit score which can either aid them and help them to open up opportunities or it can hurt them and cause them to have to pay more for, for borrowing and borrowing to pay for things that are important to our country. And this can have effects throughout the entire economy. I'll give you an example of a few. So with an improved credit rating, you can borrow at lower interest rates on the international market. So if you, if we are as a country are paying less on our debts, it leaves us with more money for other things like building roads, healthcare, security, education and infrastructure so we have more we'll have more money to do all of those things the second thing is that we'll just have access to better financial opportunities so if my credit rating is an an e for example when i go to scotia scotia doesn't want me when i go to jmmb jmmb doesn't want me they're not lending to me so i have to go to the loan shark or the payday loan because those are the only people that will lend to me 
as my credit score improves now, if I turn into an A or a B, then all of a sudden I see these emails coming in from Scotia. I see these emails coming in from GMMB. I don't have to go to them anymore. They are coming to me. They mm -hmm. want to come to me and they want me to borrow from them because they know that my credit rating is good and I'll pay back the money. So I, they will lend to me at very attractive rates, very low interest rates. Compared to the loan shark. <laughs> Exactly. The loan shark now, he's, he's doing add-on interest rates, and you can research what that is, add-on interest, and the rate is 20, 30, 40%, <laughs> where now I'm going to the, my local bank, and my local bank is giving me 5%, 10%, because I am a good, I have a good credit history. All right? So that Jamaica now has opportunities where they are in a position to attract what's called foreign direct investment. And that can help us to stimulate the economic growth and help us to improve on the things I mentioned before. We have, we have increased capital to spend on expenses, expansion of businesses, etc. So there are more opportunities for the local population when we have better credit score, when we have a better credit rating internationally. Right. It can also assist with improving our financial situation and improve credit score in short allows us to be more stable, economically stable, financially stable. And in times of crisis, we have a better chance of weathering unexpected expenses. Just like in your personal situation, if an emergency comes up and you need to borrow some money quickly, you have a better chance of getting that emergency taken care of because you have a good image out there in the public that your credit rating is good. So Jamaica, same thing. I like your point about foreign direct investment because a lot of people look at credit scores and say, oh, it's only good for borrowing money, but not necessarily. Yes, it can give you better terms on borrowing, but it also allows outside investors to look at your country and say, this is a stable economic environment right. that I want mm -hmm. to invest in. So right. if you, Jillian, have a business and you have a good credit score, you can... Use that to borrow money, but also you can use that, your credibility, to attract investors to your business. And so that's the same thing that would happen to Jamaica on a, on a macroeconomic environment, on a larger scale. Right. Like foreign yeah. investors can look at us and say, okay, double B minus, not too bad. Better than some of your peers in the region. Maybe we should put some money into this country because this economy is fairly stable. So what does this do for our outlook now? So Jamaica's outlook, it, I mean, it's, it, it's very clear that a lot of work has been done by the government and the finance ministry to get us in this position across many administrations. We've come a long way and I think it will only continue to go up as we express or as we continue to be fiscally responsible and we continue to clear our debts and continue to repay our debts on time, then it will, con it will allow us to move into the investment grade on the scale that you were discussing earlier, the, the A's. And once we get there, it opens up so many opportunities for individuals, businesses, and the country as a whole. We, I mean, the highway that just opened up, that's one. We would have probably have five highways in a year. The carpet, as Nigel calls it. Yes, the carpet will be quite clean on the roads, all right? So there's a lot, I mean, we, we can't even begin to fathom how the things could change for us as a country. Our healthcare can improve, 
our infrastructures will it will improve as well there are so many opportunities for us to grow um if we continue on this on this path thank you so much jillian thank you clive for your perspectives this evening no problem You're welcome. thank you thanks for, for having us that's it for the analysts coming up in just a few we'll have tonight's poll question This segment of Taking Stock, The Analyst, was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Top five places to meet Richmond in Jamaica. Number five, we're coming in at AC Hotel Lounge slash Bar. If you go here, you'll meet a lot of nice professional men who have jobs within the corporate area, whether in business, finance, or governance. So this was a pretty accurate video. He gave some good places, but he actually missed one. Shh. You want to know where? It's the money mission community. That's where all the money people go to talk about money and figure out ways to make even more money. All right, now it's time for tonight's poll question, and it has to do with NCB. What are your thoughts on NCB seeking to raise funds through an additional public offer, an APO? Hmm, why at this time? B, I'm excited to invest in this opportunity. C, is there more going on that the public doesn't know? D, doesn't seem like a good move. Or other, uh, leave a comment. What are your thoughts on NCB's APO? Up next, it's time for your hurricane tip from our sponsor, CG United. Hurricane tips are brought to you by CG United. It's good like that. Not your house? Still your problem. If you are renting, you may not have to worry about property insurance, but you're likely to still have valuable items that you own inside your apartment or your rental home. You can still purchase insurance to cover your belongings, even if you don't own your home. If your contents are not insured, prepare a detailed list of everything in your home and their value, get a quote, and get insured. And hear this. The cost of contents insurance is usually less than the cost of a smartphone. And that's your Hurricane Tip brought to you by CG United. Hurricane Tips were brought to you by CG United. It's good like that. Reminding you to hit the like button. Where's my like police this evening? Hit the like button. Up next, we've got your market recap and we have Mrs. Street Forest standing by. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Hey, moneymakers, join the KRM fam with our official merch. Get it now at KhalilaReynolds.com. Let's get this money. The JC Combined Index lost over 5,000 points or 1.5% last week. 122 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week ending Friday, September 15, 2023. 51 made gains, 58 lost value, and 13 stayed the same. 98 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $702 million. Key insurance was the week's most traded stock. It took up 32% of market volume with 33 million shares trading. The stock gained 27 cents to open Monday at $2.77. Trans Jamaican Highway traded at the second highest, 
The stock gained three cents to open this week at two dollars sixty-three cents. And week ten rounded out last week's most traded with six million shares changing hands. The stock lost four cents to open Monday at seventy cents. Now let's see who are the biggest gains for the week. First, Rock Real Estate Investments (USD) was the market's biggest gainer. The stock soared 67% to open Monday at 7 cents US. ISP Finance Services was up 32% to start the new week at $44.95. And Cargo Handlers was up 20% to open the week at $16.38. On the losing side now, JPS 7% was the week's biggest loser. The stock lost $13 to open Monday at $42. PBS 10.5% Perpetual Cumulative Redeemable was the week's second biggest loser, opening the new week at $1,020. And Sibony was down almost 14%, closing last week at $1.12. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the Composite Index gained a percent last week. Massey was the most traded stock. The stock gained 36 cents to open this week at $4.98 TT. Angostura Holdings was the biggest gain of the week. The stock was up 15% to start the new week at $22.99 TT. And on the losing side, Port Lisa's Industrial Port Development fell 7% to open Monday at $3.15 TT. Over in the US, the Dow Jones was mostly stable last week, while the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq were down about 1%. At the pumps, the price of 87 gas rose $2.87 last week, while 90 was up $3.07. Diesel prices rose $4.50. In foreign exchange, it took an average $155.60 Jamaican to purchase one US dollar last Friday. That's 15 cents more than a week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $115.30 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound cost on average $195.17 Jamaican, and you could buy one euro for $168.20 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin prices rose almost 3% over the past five days, trading at $26,920 US on Monday, while Ethereum was up almost 2%, trading at $1,638 US on Monday. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analysts, is brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Disclaimer. This is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. And let me also mention once again our sponsor, Bulwark Insurance Agency, since we had to switch things around. So they're actually the sponsor for this particular segment. Let's welcome Marlene Street Forrest to the show. She is the CEO, no, the Managing Director of the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Hi, Mrs. Street Forrest. Welcome back to Speaking Stock. Thank you for having me, Kalila. Glad to have you back, uh, especially given the technical issues you were experiencing earlier. So I'm glad you could make it and sort it out. That's right. I'm glad that we were able to sort that out. Yes. So this year has been a pretty rough one for the Jamaica Stock Exchange and by extension, well, the entire economy, the entire market is down. The JSC is down about 13% year to date, if I remember correctly. Um, so 11%, 11%. 11, okay. Mm -hmm. And so far there's only been one IPO this two. year. Two. Which two? And we just had one um, today, one great studio. Which other one was this year? 
and uh, there was another so it's two it's two ipos we no man december the last one no, was no, in december. no not at all we have had two ipos um this year you have to remind me what that was because my memory is telling i'll tell you in a minute or, or perhaps the listing occurred in january and the actual you know the ipo and the share of the sales and so happened in december but i remember december um okay anyway we can check that so, so image plus limited was listed um on january 20. okay yeah image plus was the one i remember That's that happening correct. around the christmas period so the listing didn't take place until january in my mind january because I feel... be exact yes right right all right so anyway how does the jsc plan to turn things around in this uh, difficult environment well, you know, um, Kalila, as you know, the JSE is a conduit um, for market activities. So the fact is that um, things will turn around based on um, various um, inputs. So let us look at some of the things that would prevent or has happened to, um, to have this market that we are having. We are having obviously a bear market. Um, some of the elements, high interest rate is one area. People have options and um, on a short term, they will look at um, securities or instruments that are yielding higher. So that is a fiscal decision. And we are hoping that um, the interest rate will trend down um, in a little while remain stable, I, I, I see that, and then trend down a little while. Obviously, we have had also problems with um, some amount of confidence in the market, and um, that will stabilize. Um, the Financial Services Commission obviously will be working towards that. And, um, and as you know, the Jamaica Stock Exchange continued to be relevant in terms of um, confidence building and how um, we obviously project um, ourselves in the market to our um, stakeholders. So those are two um, issues. And as I said, the third is the, the option to um, seek other instruments. When those things um, are corrected, let us use that word, um, you will see a return of investors to the market. The market has, there is an inverse relationship between a high interest rate and the market performance. Now, we, we expect, though, that um, in the interim, um, I listened to Char um, uh, Mr. Charlton speaking, in the interim, there are many um, stocks that are there that are undervalued. And uh, we expect that um, the, our brokers um, will be working with um, young investors, many of them who would have um, not looked at the long-term horizon and to say to them, um, get back in the market, you know? So these are some of the, the things that we believe will um, ensure that when this, you know, throughout this cycle, we get back into um, normal market activities. You mentioned earlier the issue of investor confidence. Now, of yes. course, we had the SSL scandal in January. It's a, very early in the year, setting the pace for the year. 
Uh, to what extent has that impacted investor confidence and what role does the JSC play in trying to you know, rectify that situation? Well, while I cannot tell you a percentage, anything that is negative in the market is going to um, impact on investor confidence. To what degree, I'm not going to be able to say to you. Um, but the, this, the stock exchange has been quite clear in, the, um, in speaking to the fact that we regulate um, the market. We, we sound um, the signal where um, there are um persons or um dealers that uh, are um not contributing in terms of um the best um best practices so we continue to do um this um investor confidence is not only about how um brokers um um perform or lack thereof it is also about how we also manage the market from a risk-based um, situation. So obviously um, the Jamaica Stock Exchange um, has been um, dealing with ensuring that um, internal competencies um, during this time um, are improved. Um, we talk about things like data protection and cyber securities, et cetera. So um, the market continues to provide the necessary information also um, for companies and individuals to make informed decisions. That's what a market is, is there for, um, um, to, to be fair, efficient, and transparent in what it is um, doing in respect to uh, providing support for- no, SSL, is not, SSL is not a publicly traded company, right? No, SSL um, is not a publicly traded company. SSL- right, they are not. They are not. So the question now is what, if any, role does the JSC play in mm -hmm. dealing with brokers or is that only the purview of the FSC, the Financial Services Commission? No, not at all. Um, remember now that um, the Jamaica Stock Exchange does regulate its um, brokers and also the companies that are listed. And so um, some of the things that we look for is uh, market infractions. We we look um, for um, you know whether their net free capital is adequate, and we we look for um, whether they are filing because they not need to file with us their financial statements, etc. So obviously things like lateness of uh, filing of financial statements, um, as I said about um, capital adequacies, etc. We look for we. Um, the, that's part of our rules um, through the, the re regulatory market oversight um, division. And we interface with the member dealer in respect to these particular requirements in the, in the JSC's rules. Now, also, we um, interface, as you know, the FSC is our regulator. And so in matters um, that... Um, are of concern to the Jamaica Stock Exchange in its um, review. We refer those matters also to the Financial Services Commission for their follow-up. To what extent do you enforce those regulations 
do you have the manpower to enforce them? Because that capital adequacy requirement that you mentioned was one of the red flags cited for SSL multiple times leading up to uh, what happened. It was not the cause of what happened and what was exposed in January, but it was a red flag. And, and Khalil, that's a good question because where the, the, um, we see anything like this, we work with the company. The company is supposed to provide us with information as to how they will address it. And there is a particular period of time within which they are given to address um, those concerns. And um, our, any member dealer that falls um, within that um, area, um, actually um, complies with, um, the with the Jamaica Stock Exchange rules to provide the necessary support as it relates to that particular area. Um, so it is something that we police and we, we have good responses from uh, member dealers when it does happen. And do you have the resources to adequately police that? We do. Um, that is something that we do on a, a monthly basis because um, the all our member dealers, we have 13 member dealers, all our member dealers um, must submit their financial statements to us um, on a timely basis. And um, there is resources um, dedicated to looking at that aspect of um, the, the companies or the brokers' operations. Which brings me to how you also treat with uh, listed companies. So you have, yes. a, you know, a way that you deal with member dealers, member brokers, and mm -hmm. then you also have listed companies that are required to submit financial statements to the JSC quarterly yeah. as well. As yeah. we speak, we have one company I create uh, that trading has been suspended because of multiple breaches of those deadlines. So at what point do you say, we need to step in here and do something because there have been complaints about iCreate for a while. Um, you know, um, Kalila, I am not going to get into individual um, um, listed companies, but I can say, generally speaking, there is a rule in respect to um, how many days after the non-submission of financial statements that the JSE takes action in terms of suspending that company. And then how many days after that, that the JSE takes in, um, in actually delisting that company. Now, if you will recall, and we know context is everything, that um, all companies, all listed companies were given up until um, when we discontinued at the beginning of the year, um, time to additional time to submit their audited financial statements. It's not only I create, but others, because of what um, transpired um, during the COVID period and the the backlog and um, pressures on audited um, audit companies to complete. Um, the, the, the financial audited financial statements. So um, yes, it would look as if there was protracted um, time given to the company that you would have just mentioned, but the timelines were in keeping 
with the JSE's rules and the, um, and the additional time that was given to all companies to submit their financial statements. So how many chances do you give a company before you say, you know what, we have to take some action? It is in rules. It is rule-based. So there is a, a, um, a matter of um, 90 days um, after the company should submit its financial statements. And if it doesn't, then the company is, um, is up for suspension. Um, there may be extenuating circumstances, but generally and um, applied that the company would be um, suspended from trading until the information is provided to the stock exchange. So what we have is rules, rule based. Are there any other companies right now that you've been keeping an eye on because they've been consistently late with these filings? Gen we have companies that are late in filing um, financial statements. And um, so and audited financial statements in particular um, is what we are generally keeping our eyes on now because the percentage is around um, compliance, is around 70% compliance. And obviously that figure needs to go up. Now, when you compare that 70 to when the companies were given an additional time for because of COVID. Wait, you said 70 as in seven zero or 70? Seven zero. Okay, good. <laughs> it frightened me. Not 17, 70. 70, got it. Yes, 70%. Um, you will probably see that during the point of comp um where we get, gave additional um time to submit, that would have been about 80%, 85%. It is down now where we have pulled the additional um the extra time that we have given. So that is what we we are having our eyes on at this point. I must say that the quarterly financial and it you the quarterly financial is around ninety two percent compliant in terms of companies submitting their financial statements. Where we have some challenge, obviously, is first quarter if the audited financials are late. Now the based on the fact that the audited financials are where we are at the 70%, it stands to reason also that the annual report is around that same percentage. So that is what the RMOD would be um, keeping its eyes on now on a general basis. Mm. Okay. We have some questions from our viewers. So let's start sure. taking some of those. Starting with Marvin. Marvin says, good night. I want to hear about the shorting Mrs. Street promised last time she was here. Quite a few people asking about that, the introduction of shortlisting, okay. short selling, sorry. So do you want me to address that now? Yes, please. Okay, so short selling, as you know, um, is a complex, and I'm going to tell you, it is a complex, env it's not a complex action, but it's a complex environment to set up. Now, where we are, even as we speak today, we were reviewing um, the rules 
relating to short selling, um, both from the standpoint of trading of these um, securities, as well as the lending and borrowing system that we must put in place in order to have an orderly and a standard market. So those rules um, we anticipate will be um, with our Financial Services Commission um, by the end of this year. Obviously, we are, we are aiming for um, by the end of October. Now, the Financial Services Commission is going to take some time to review those rules. Um, the other areas, so I'm going to be granular so that persons understand. Um, the other um, area is the um, lending and borrowing system um, as it interfaces with uh, other um, systems in the, the, the Jamaica Central Securities Depository and our trading system that we are in testing mode as we speak along with our brokers. So you see, we are well advanced in, in delivering the um, short selling to you by the end of first quarter, 2024. So that is the update um, on this. We want to ensure that you have confidence in us when we, we um, implement. It is not the easiest environment um, to be established. You would have seen that even um, in more um, advanced markets like the United States and Australia. So the fact is we are, I'm happy where we are, we are at a good place. And by 2014, first quarter, we should be able to turn that switch on. I recall a conversation I had with one of your team members on yes. this program, giving us an update as well. And one of those rules and mm -hmm. the, one of the issues that needed ironing out at the time is which companies you will be allowed to short sell because not all companies have enough liquidity, not all companies trade a lot. And so is that one of the issues that you've ironed out already? Like, have you decided which, like what list of companies, what criteria will there be for you to be able to short sell a company? Or is that something that still needs to be worked on? No, there on? are parameters that I won't go into at this point, but we do have the parameters to, um, in order to determine um, the, the companies that will be a part of that basket. I, I want to put it that way. And, and liquidity, remember now, short selling is in order to increase liquidity. So th that is not necessarily um, a, a big um, point in respect to um, the companies that uh, um, would be, um, we will, you know, uh, have uh, um, trading, um, in the first instance, because that is one of the things that um, advantage of short selling. But there are parameters and those are rule-based, will be rule-based. Those are some of the, the things that um, we would have been reviewing in respect to our rules. The next question comes from Cheesy Gullyside, who says, we're still waiting for that USD trading on the JSC. Not quite a question, but I can phrase it as a question. What's the update on, on having USD that? USD trading on the JSE? We do the have. trading of US stocks, I think, is what he means. We do so currently have do the US, Canadian. Stock, US um, 
secure, securities that are denominated in U.S. trading on the JC. But no, let that's me not what he means. That's not what he means. He might mean that um, the, the having access to, to the, um, US purchasing the U.S. market right. that is in place. That's the um, the the direct market access is the vehicle through which um, the stocks um, investors can purchase um, you um, stocks either U.S. or Canada. We started Kalila with uh, Canadian stocks, and um, one of the member dealer who is active in that space at this point is Skumax, and the we are now in the process of uh, um, identifying one identifying um, the second party I would say that we will be working with in respect to the U.S. market as well as putting in place with our um, with our IT service provider um, any other um, you know probably um, market specifics that they will need in terms of the US market. But I'm happy to say that the DMA has been launched and has been launched with um, starting with the Canadian market. So the, the um, person online probably would want to just check on um, the broker that I have just called in order to um, access that market um you know we had a we had a seminar recently and um we were pleased even with persons who have said how they have benefited tremendously from that um from having bought um canadian stocks um to add to their portfolio um as it relates to the us now the us leg um, that will be in place before the end of the year. We are working assiduously to ensure that that comes on before the end of the year. Okay. Next question comes from Alex Stewart. Alex says, what measures are being done to make it easier to fund your JTrader Pro account than in-house deposits? What about online linking <clears throat> Excuse me, to our financial institution of choice? Okay. And that's a good question. I think... Uh, we we had spoken to that at one point, um, um, Kalila, and as we we are going into a phase now where the J Trader Pro will be, um, although we have done some enhancement to the J Trader Pro, that is an area that um, the market has, is calling for, and we are now. Um, seeking again to do a further enhancement to that to allow for that easier, um, I would say, payment um, gateway, so to speak. Yes. Here's a follow up question from Christopher on the direct market access that we were just discussing. Sure. He says, Is it good timing to expand direct market access to other markets outside of Jamaica in 2024? The Jamaican stock market is so down, why not enhance activity on the local market and build it back up? Well, the fact is that the market is down and we expect that the market will, um, will come back up. But we have to put in place, I think it is only right, 
that we look at how to assist, and this is something that um, investors have asked for, um, assist in an orderly way in diversifying um, person's portfolio. And it is really a matter of edging also for your portfolio. So um, it's, it's not either or, it's not, and the timing is not an off timing. It's a good timing. Um, we expect that um, the, the market having come through this cycle and, um, and we are expecting that uh, um, interest rate will at some point soon trend down. Um, obviously, markets take a time to respond to that. But all in good um, time, that 2024 um, would see a combination of both, where our stock market is, is back and also encouraging others to come into the market in this manner in respect to um, um, putting some um, foreign securities in their portfolio. I don't mm. think there's anything wrong with that. Right. Diversification is the name of the game. That's correct. I see quite a few people asking about extending trading hours because here the trading ends at the trading day ends at one o'clock, one p.m. So Alex wants to know if trading hours will be expanded. Some investors have jobs that may limit adequate time to make investments due to limited hours for trading on the market. Uh, the, the the fact is that. Um, where in where you go to J Trader, um, Alex probably knows that he can put in his uh, his bids and and so um, um, after trading ends. Um, but if we are talking about um, the the um, having access to one's broker directly, um, that is uh, something we are looking at. Um, Volume, value, number of transactions are now down, um, as um, you probably had said earlier, Kalila. Um, our value is down um, year over year, um, forty percent. Our volume is down thirty over a little over thirty, and the number of transactions just a little over twenty percent. Um, and so when you would speak to the brokers, when you pull the brokers, um, the, the, it's a mixed sentiment as to um, whether they think that the market should be extended or not. Um, that is a question that we will be bringing up again in our um, the end of September's meeting with our brokers um, because it, it is not anything that is difficult for the stock exchange, I must tell you nor for the JCSD um, with our, the technology that we have. Um, it's, it's, it's just a matter of changing um, the, the, the parameters to allow for longer trading hours and um, the, you know, the settlement um, goes, goes where that goes. So, so why does it end at one o'clock? It ends at one because um, just historically, um, it used to end even before. It ends at one because um, there are two things. Um, the, the, the volume and the activities did not warrant <laughs> um, us um, going beyond that. 
there are pre-market activities and post-market activities, as you know, that a broker does um, in order to for um, end-of-day activities, just like a bank, etc. There are those reconciliations, etc. So there, there is time that the broker um, community, the you know, the back office, is is needed to wrap up. Um, however, um, I am I am I'm clear that um, there is a space to um, extend the hours. So it is really now a, um, a, a further dialogue with our uh, member dealer community um, to see um, how um, how to treat with that from their standpoint. Because as you as you have heard me say, um, in terms of technology, um, it's not anything that we can't do in terms of also our own operations, um, back office operations, um, we can extend that, um, those hours. Okay. Well, I, I hope it happens. Let's see if, if it, if it actually does, if enough people call for it, perhaps it could be made a, a priority. So I see some questions as well about listings. We spoke about the number of listings being very small for this year. We just had one GS and in January we had, um, uh, why do I keep forgetting the name of this company? Really? Image Plus. Image Plus. Right. But let me just correct you on that, though, um, Kalila, because um, since the year we have had 11 listings, we have had two IPO, initial public offerings, right? But we have had listings on our bond market and we have had listings on our private market. So I just want to um, give the full picture in terms of listings. And you have Last, the social IPO as well. And that is coming up, but that is from the, from the standpoint of the social stock exchange. But talking about from the standpoint of the Jamaica Stock Exchange, we have had 11 listings, but two IPOs. Um, last year, this time, we would have had six listings and the full year would have had 12 listings comprised of um, main market listing, um, IPOs, listing on the bond market and listing on the, the private market. So, um, but people love to hear about the IPOs. And we have only had two IPO listings right. since the start but of the year. When so did you start the bond the listing. bond market? Yes, the bond market. Oh, when did you start the bond market? Was uh, the it last bond year? market um two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, probably. Oh, from then. Um it's quite it's still quite nascent. Um, but you know, that is something that we are we are, you know trying to push um, in terms of um, the um, persons being interested. And also, um, we are going to be looking, not looking, the, we are anticipating that the um, listing of Government of Jamaica securities will take place next year. So mm. again, it is just broadening the suite of um, products Wait, when that you say government of Jamaica securities, what are you yes. referring to? Government of Jamaica bonds. Bonds. 2024, okay. 20, whatever, those securities, those securities that are issued by the government of Jamaica. 
And, and some people um, might have heard that and got excited that is the JPS long anticipated <laughs> no i investment <laughs> i wish i i am as hopeful as you that we will we will see the ordinary shares because as you know the preference shares are listed for, for some long time now um on the stock market but we would love to see the 20% well you know we list 100% but we'd love to see that uh, the ordinary shares of JPS are listed. And we have no control over that except to encourage and facilitate. Right. So you did mention, though, that so you've had 11 listings for the year, but only two yes. IPOs. And IPOs are the ones that are the most sexy. They get the most attention. Correct. How many do you have any other IPOs expected yes, for this year? Yes, we are expecting that we should have, and you are going to ask me the names and I'm not going to reveal. I know you can't tell um, me the names. So um, we are expecting that um, there would be one other IPO at least, and then there, um, there would be another early January. So there are two in the works um, that we expect between now and the end of the year. And, but if it falls over, um, you know that they, the, you know, they have to get approval and no objection from the Financial Services Commission, etc. So it depends on um, how that pans out. Um, junior market or main market? If if it is junior or main market? Junior market. Both. Yes. Okay. Okay. I won't press you any further than that. I know because I could go as the financial sector, M and D, which sector? But <laughs> leave it at that. No, uh, that's, no, that's as much not at all. I don't do. even know if that would be um, considered for the FSCS priming the market. So mm -hmm. I just give you as I have it. Okay, okay. Two junior market IPOs expected in the next few months. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening, Mrs. Street Forest. I appreciate you making the time to come. It was indeed a pleasure to be on Kalila. And we look forward to end of year review, 2024 review, and seeing you know what, what's happening with the market in a few months' time. Thanks again. Um, it will be positive for next year. You know, it takes some time. As you say, we have been here before. We are not daunted. And um, we continue to encourage um, investors to stay in market. It's long-term. Stay in market and uh, um, to invest more, as a matter of fact, um, during this period. Okay, thanks again, Marlene Street Forest here on Taking Stock. So let's take, a, I'm not sure if we have a break since we reorganized the show this evening or if I should just wrap up now. Let me see what we should do. No break. Okay, so that's it for tonight's show. But before we go, let me take a few comments. Uh, and I see quite a few in the chat, some of our final comments. Let's go back to the top. So talking about the 1GS listing today, Dale said it maxed out at $1. No, it didn't. Uh, oh, there we go. 129 before it fell to 114. Yes, that sounds more like it. So I know there were some people who got upper 120s today in the 1GS trading. Deco says, why are you saying SSL pay the people them back for all the money? What am um, Rob up? Why is oh watch us? Okay, I get it. It's patwa. All right, yeah, pay the people back their money. Got it. Got it. Dale says some companies have excellent results and their stock prices barely move. 
with Cinco gross revenues quarterly sitting on $10 billion cash, but the stock price does not move. Also remember, Wisinko pays good dividends. So there's also that. Ryan, what's Ryan saying? Ryan says, besides high interest rates set out by BOJ, the stock market does not seem favorable as everyone's heading over to the bond market. Also, it's back to school. It's a slow season, September to November. Dale pointing out that prices don't always rise, even with strong fundamentals and returns. Marlene wanted to know, can you invest in Jamaica from the U.S. if you are Jamaican? <laughs> yes, you can. All you need to do is open an investment account here in Jamaica. If you have a local TRN, that makes it even easier. Some brokers will also accept uh, other forms of ID, such as your social security. Deco says, how the credit score thing go? Uh, Jamaica, is it like the U.S. with 600 and up? So I actually have a course inside the Money Mission community that explains credit scores. We have different credit ratings companies here in Jamaica, and they, there's not a consistent credit score. So in the U.S., you know, if you have an 800 credit score, that's amazing. Here in Jamaica, it depends on which credit bureau you go to because they have different scales and they're not necessarily comparable. But I do have something inside the Money Mission community uh, regarding understanding your credit report, if you're interested in that. Shane says, we're in a bear market, which is great. <laughs> I guess great to buy low, if you look at it that way. Dale says, plenty of great buys are out there. Howard wants to know if there are any books for beginners that I'd recommend. I don't have a book, Howard, but I do have a course inside the Money Mission community. It's called Investing for Beginners, so you can check that out. Go to moneymission.mn.co. The link is also in the description. Let me see what else we have. Christopher wanted to know about establishing a micro market. I feel like I vaguely recall that suggestion being dismissed and the government saying they were no longer interested in doing a micro market. Robert wanted to know any update from the minister when the junior market limit will be increased. That is something that we should indeed follow up with the minister on the next time we you know, have him on. And then Garvin pointing out, where we go? Producer, put back the comment, please. Garvin pointing out cybersecurity is hot in the news now. We don't want to hear that the JSC gets hacked. Cybersecurity indeed being a huge, huge issue. As you guys know, I experienced that issue very recently myself as well. So. Yes, um, and we had major companies experiencing uh, some issue with cyber attacks too. So I'm sure that that is one thing that all major companies, not only major, large and small, because my business is relatively small, and we have to be you know, spending money and making sure that we strengthen our cyber platforms, our cyber security. So for those of you who tuned in live, make sure you like this video. If you're watching this delayed, still like the video. Subscribe to the channel and share with a friend. Make sure you're on our newsletter at kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter. And for those who are asking about it, uh, like which broker you can sign up with, new email subscribers get a copy of my free broker guide. And, you know, that will keep you, that will give you all the updates and all the comparisons between all the brokers. Remember to turn on the post notifications so you can be the first to see everything when it drops because we want to help people learn more about money and get this money together. 
Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Kalila Ray. And remember, that's my only account. I don't have any backup accounts. If you want to connect with the analysts this week, check the description box for their contact information. And you can also visit KalilaReynolds.com for financial information. You can use however you like it. You can watch this video. You can listen to the podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora. We have, we're on like all of them, basically. And you can also read articles. I also want to encourage you to tell a friend about taking stock because investing is the new sexy. So let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Kalila Reynolds. Thanks for watching and see you next week. Let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>